we have a special guest. Anyway, we are going to get right into it. Start in. David Cobb on decolonizing economics. A leak on Discord proves the TikTok bans a fraud. Guns struck again. David Cobb on decolonizing economics. David Cobb is a prolific political, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice activist, and the people's lawyer. Join us. He joins us to talk about decolonize the decolonizing economics summit. You know, David and I go back a long time from Move to Amend to many other places and all kind of organizations. And of course, he's been doing this for decades. David Cobb continues his tireless work to affect positive democratic change. He is one of the key organizers of the Decolonizing Economic Summit, a three-day conference that serves as a space to exchange experiences and information, strengthen alliances and networks, devise strategies to decenter colonial uh, systems and implement concrete solutions to heal the land and people. Over a thousand people participated in 2022 and even more are expected in 2023. And without further ado, David Cobb, how are you doing, my brother? Oh, Egberto, hello, or hey. howdy, as we say in Texas. It is such a pleasure to hear your voice. It's a pleasure to hear yours, man. You know, uh, I, anytime I hear you, I get spirited. I get, you know, I, I always, let me let me put it this way, because like I told told you, we go, go back a long time, and we've spent working, moved to a man, locked into homes, devising strategies all over this country, and there's one thing I can say about David Cobb. And that he is, he's always inspiring and not only inspiring, because inspiring is not enough, he's always there with concrete policies that say, if we do this. So anyhow, welcome to Politics Done Right, my brother. Talk to me. Well, thank you so much, Egberto, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to KPFT listeners. Uh, for folks who may remember back in the day, I am a native Houstonian myself. I've been on KPFT Airways many times as a guest and a host. Uh, it is uh, my original community radio station. So it's a pleasure to be here. I'm especially excited to share that this Decolonizing Economic Summit is online and virtual. So if anything you hear inspires and entices you, you can participate simply by going to the website decolonizingeconomicsummit.org. That's who S is there. The economics is plural. Uh, and join us. It's completely free. You can make a donate, free will donation, KPFT style if you can, but the point is it is free. And as you said, Egberto, the whole point of this is to come together to develop a shared analytical framework and to make plans that we can implement. Uh, because, you know, I often say that theory without practice is mere contemplation. There you go. Practice without theory is just doing stuff. You know, you might do something transformational without a plan, but it'll be by accident. So the point is, how do we get sharpen our analysis about what we want, and then how do we develop plans to get there? And where I have been spending the majority of my time is around what the great philosopher Andre Gorse called non-reformist reforms. That is to say, things that we can do right now to make people's lives better, to win achievable reforms, but as part of a strategic plan to undermine the logic of capital, to undermine the power of the billionaire class. And those non-reformist reforms include, but are not limited to, public banking, participatory budgeting, 
worker-owned cooperatives, community land trusts, universal basic income, locally owned energy production and distribution models. The point is, Egberto, the point is, KPFT listeners, these things are happening in various spots all across the country. What we're trying to do is cohere a broad movement to democratize the economy. Now, anybody who uh, goes to that website, because again, like, uh, first of all, like David said, it is free. It's a free conference over three days. We'll actually see the number. You know, I, every time I go there, it seems like the number increases, the number of participants. Uh, grassroots and other groups that make up a part of this this network that you're putting together. Like you said, last year you had a thousand people. You're likely to have close to two thousand this year, which is sort of a wonderful thing to see that people are realizing that we re. You know, something that we've been preaching here, David, and I want you to pick up on this for me, is that a lot of people are feeling down. You know, they feel like they don't have that they can't make a difference. It's it's all over. We just have to oblige by what. What's going on now? Uh, you, it, you've always been able to show folks that no, it, it is just going to be what you make it to be. Why don't you expand on that? Well, thank you, Egberto. And I'll, I'll look, I'll be very candid and transparent with you and KPFT listeners. And that is this: it depends on what side of the bed I get up on. Mm-hmm. Because some days I get up and I think, oh my God, there's no way that we can win. The billionaire class has all the power. And they spend billions of dollars every year to suppress our ideas, uh, to, to propagandize people and to, and to disempower us and to distract us, right? And there's just no way we can overcome that. But then other days I get up on the other side of the bed and I think, there's no way we can lose. It takes them billions of dollars to try to keep people so distracted from what they really want in their hearts, what they know in their head we really need. So I intentionally try to get up on that side of the bed every day with the knowledge that people before us have faced even more insurmountable odds. And I mean that clearly. Like, let's look at it from the abolition of slavery, women getting the right to vote, the creation of the Social Security Administration or unemployment insurance, workers' compensation laws, pure food and drug laws, the labor movement. For goodness sakes, Egberto, the entire history of this country has been people who face bluntly longer odds than we're facing now, and by engaging in serious strategic thinking, collective organizing, they made transformational change. We can do it, too. Absolutely. So, and uh, you know, when you said it depends on what side of your bed you get off, right? I'm like, well, somehow it must be that I only find you when you get off on that, that other side of the bed. Because <laughs> I've, I've never heard the other part before. It depends on what side of the bed I, I get up. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter is that I am starting to see effectively uh, over the last several, and not only the last several months, but over the last several years, a larger percentage of people engaging, which is, I remember you and I sitting down talking and you said, Egberto, if we get to, I think the night number was 3%. Uh, you said uh, at 3%, you know, we, we really have that movement that's actually, uh, that, that is actually probative. Your thoughts on that or your comments on that? Yeah, well, that, that's actually, that 3% comes out of the work of Gene Sharp, uh, mm-hmm. who studied revolutionary processes. And what's, what, and I, again, I want to, uh, in the spirit of the great African revolutionary Amakal Kalabral, uh, mask no difficulties, tell no lies, claim no easy victories. Uh, because we are seeing a 3% uh, tipping point of folks, not just who agree with us, but who are willing to collectively act 
in concert. I'll tell you this, Egberto, our, the left, and I mean explicitly the left, not just soft left liberals, but the left, I believe we have enough power and capacity to greatly influence the U.S. empire. I don't think that we're in a position to overtake it at this moment, but we could absolutely have so much more uh, import and effect. But the problem is that we are not sufficiently coordinated. Right. We don't really know each other, and we don't have a program and a plan, right? Exactly. So that's part of what this decolonizing economic summit is, is to bring us together into deep strategy around us. The second thing I want to be candid about is the far right and the fascists are equally approaching uh, that 3% of folks who are ready to throw down. Oh. I say it with clarity mm-hmm. uh, and no, no, uh, no happiness, but with sincerity. I believe that we are witnessing the neoliberal center collapsing, and there's either going to be some version of what I'll call eco-socialism or a decolonized return to power with regenerative economics uh, and collaboration and sustainability, or some version of fascism. I just don't see, like, uh, in this historic conjuncture and in this moment, those two things being able uh, to coexist. One side or the other will be the dominant narrative of this country and indeed of the world. The thing that concerns me the most when we, when we, as we are talking these issues, right, is how, uh, how, what a large percentage of the population that doesn't see. Uh, what's really getting ready to happen. And, and a lot of it has to do with us being centralized solely here in the United States and not seeing all the other things that are occurring throughout the world that, 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 that's, that shows that we're in trouble. Your thoughts? Well, I am glad you brought it up and said it so explicitly. Here's my big picture of you, Egberto, that we are at the beginning of a global ecological collapse. It's not coming, it's here. It's right. in the beginning stages of true collapse. But wait, there's more, because we're also not just at late-stage capitalism. This is end-stage capitalism. Right, Richard. And by that I mean there's always been internal inherent contradictions of capitalism. But I'm saying something different. I'm saying that today with automation, technology, robotics, that what we're seeing is the mass transformation of social, political, and economic relationships. The ruling elite can no longer extract the surplus value of the worker for profits because we are moving into literally laborless or workerless production. It's beginning. The digital fabrication world, that, that this new era, the reason that you're seeing fascism emerge now is because of the political crisis that's coming. We have an ecological crisis, we have an economic crisis, and those two crises are creating a political crisis. And the political crisis is not that, oh, the ruling class cannot solve racism or sexism. The ruling class of this political system was never designed to do that. I'm saying something different. I'm saying that the current political system cannot actually maintain order. That's why we're seeing the January 6th insurrectionists. Now, I take it as my job, Egberto, to bring as many uh, people as I can into the worldview of eco-socialism and recognizing that there is enough for everybody to not just survive, but to thrive, to live rich and meaningful lives without exploiting anyone, 
without oppressing anyone, that the fascist worldview of, you know, uh, nationalism and hyper-militarism, um, like, that's a lie, uh, but it appeals to some segments. So people who are already fascist, I've kind of given up on them, but I am still constantly trying to persuade people to break to progressive populism. You know, it's interesting because I've had this discussion. I, I've interviewed Richard Wolf, economist, Professor Richard Wolf from, I think, Amherst, uh, about three or four times. And every 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 time I interview him, it, it comes to, you know, you, you're, you're at the point where you said, my God, we're at end state capitalism. <clears throat> and every time that I've spoken to him, each time, probably six months apart, he comes closer and saying, we're almost there. And we take a look at what's happening on the banking system right now. I have a young man, Patrick, that's going to be discussing this issue called the con that we have going on in our economic system. That That's all provable, you know. And, and, and when you state it and that you're doing a conference, a summit, to kind of h- highlight these issues with people, I think it's very important. Tell us a little bit about this summit again for those who are maybe joining us late because I think this is important for people to get there and also what happens after the summit where can people find the information that was developed throughout the summit well thank you for that and I'm happy to tell you that Professor Rick Wolf will literally be on a panel with uh, our good friend Kali Akuno of Operation Jackson and others on the subject what is to be done Right. Uh, so, uh, and we'll also have Emily Colano, co-coordinator of the U.S. Solidarity Economy Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have uh, a host of national leaders and thinkers. DecolonizingEconomicSummit.org is an online invitation to strategize what is the world that we want to live in and how do we get there. How do we both decolonize and also meet people's material needs uh, right here, right now? And I'm also happy to tell you, if you register, it will put you in line to get the recorded sessions of every single one of these sessions. So, folks, so, don't forget, register where again for that, that, free, uh, that free conference? DecolonizingEconomicSummit.org. And, you know, you know, folks, in, in this life, there's not a whole lot of free conferences anymore. This is going to be well worth your while. And if you, when you go to that website and see the amount of grassroots organizations that are, that are actually doing things. And, of course, uh, David played a very important point, uh, part in getting all of this organized, as he always has. So, um, so it, is, it is important, folks, that you go to the website. Sign up as 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 he says. There will be uh, you will be able even if you don't catch it in real time, you'll be able to get all parts at subsequent time. But it's something to be seen. Uh, it, when when we talk when in in this speech or this discussion here, it brings back memory of that documentary that we made, Legalize Democracy. And uh, why don't you? Because I think some of that is in some of the context that we covered, where we went from uh, th- th- this side, this sort of a society that was very very limited in access to for for the for the majority slowly building building up why don't you kind of elaborate some on that and how it relates to what you're doing well thank you for that so uh, listeners as Egberto is referencing he and i and uh, others formed an organization called move to amend which was a reaction to the horrific 
Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission that did two things. One, uh, it legalized bribery uh, by saying that uh, wealthy individuals and corporations could give unlimited money in elections. It was it was premised on two completely illegitimate, two court-created uh, ridiculous ideas. One, that the expenditure of money is the equivalent of speech. Money is property, it's not speech. Uh, I mean, money can amplify speech, which means that the wealthy can shout while the rest of us desperately try to talk to each other. Uh, but the, it's not just that money is speech. It also premised upon the equally odious, equally ridiculous idea that a corporation is a person with inherent inalienable constitutional rights of an individual. So legalized democracy uh, was an effort to teach people the history of not just corporate power, but corporate rule, how the concept of corporate constitutional rights, so-called corporate personhood, has literally made it illegal uh, to have genuine democracy. Because, Egberto, no matter how hard we fight uphill battles uh, to try to get good laws passed, uh, and that's hard enough, but even it, when we do win them, then corporate lawyers can go into court and argue that those laws have somehow violated the constitutional rights of corporations. That doctrine has been used to overturn environmental protection laws, worker safety laws, public health laws. There's a whole series of them. And deeper still, Egberto, that concept of the threat of corporate personhood has completely diminished most people's ability to think about what is possible. So part of what we're doing at decolonizingeconomicsummit.org is to say, no, no, we have a vision for a completely different world and a plan to get there. And we're going to have to confront the illegitimate doctors of corporate constitutional rights just as clearly as we had to over overturn the outrageous idea of separate but equal or the idea that women are not people. Like At the end of the day, we're talking about peaceful revolution. Absolutely. So, folks, I want to I want to give a little bit of context to something that you said there with the person uh, corporate personhood. That you know, when we talk in that terminology, David, sometimes we say corporate personhood or corporations as persons, and people don't quite get it. I just want to illustrate to them. I, I don't remember if this is one of the things I had in my book or not, but I told them that I, I usually specify that a corporation, if if we the people pass a law, local law state law that allows, uh, uh, that prevents a corporation from doing something that we feel is materially wrong for our community, that corporation can turn around and sue as a person that what we are doing is infringing on that corporation's ability to make money or do whatever, and we are liable for said damages as taxpayers to give that private corporations because we abridge their rights, correct? That is exactly right. And Egberto, uh, like I, I want to lift up the fact that Egberto Villes is not a lawyer. He's a smart person, uh, but has just profoundly and astutely and accurately described that legal concept. Uh, and it's ridiculous, right? Remember, Egberto and KPFT listeners, that corporations are artificial entities that are created only through uh, the state chartering process. Anybody can form a business, 
But if you want the privilege, not the right, if you want the privilege of limited liability, which is literally to say we're limiting our liability to expose uh, for uh, legal harms or remedies that we may cause, if you want that privilege, then only the state legislature, through a governmental action, can grant that privilege. So there is no reason that we, the people, through our elected state representatives, cannot say, if you want this privilege, you do not have, as a, co- a, a group of investors or shareholders, the collective rights. Individual humans have rights, Egberto. Corporations are artificial entities. They're tools, nothing more. They can be used for wonderful things. But more and more, the transnational corporation are used for horrific things. Great. Well, before before I ask you to give us a closer, I want to see if Tori has anything to ask you. Tori is always a good listener. Uh, he's, do, he's doing the engineering for me today, and uh, you know he loves the work that you do. So go ahead, Tori. Oh, I've just been a big fan of David Cobb from back when he used to live in Houston, and uh, I remember when he was running for uh, for president in the Green Party. I mean, this guy is just extremely impressive you know his energy and commitment uh to all things good and he's you're in david you're my you were my favorite green party candidate <laughs> of all well, that's an incredible that that's an incredible uh, uh compliment and especially you know uh, i'm not going to out you and your your politics by, by using any descriptive words but i can say Tory is not usually inspired by any electoral process or a candidate so uh, i take that as a high you know it's funny david i was about to say that i was about to say if you're getting a compliment from tory you 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 must have been or you must be impressive well Well, you've been out of the you've been out of the loop for a long time david haven't seen you in houston and uh but since i mean this is like from before before bernie got into the national scene running for president but i've been a bernie guy for a long time now so <laughs> anyway, give me a closer. Uh, give me a closer, David. Let's get let's get get on to the other subject. But I will pl- go ahead and let us know how people can get involved with this again. Again, the, the, it's the Decolonizing Economic Summit. Cleverly, our URL is decolonizingeconomicsummit.org. It's a free conference. Uh, over a thousand people last year. We expect to double that this year. Uh, come and join theorists, strategists, practitioners who are not just thinking about but actually doing the work to build from the bottom up uh, eco-socialism from below, uh, an ability to actually engage electoral politics without becoming electoral fetishists, to build the movement that we so desperately need and so richly deserve to transform this society. And I'm going to say not just to create a new society, but return to the society that we lived in before the enclosure movement, before capitalism and industrialism. Remember, Egberto, remember KPFT, every human being alive today descends from indigenous people. It's our birthright to be in right relationship with each other and with land and sea and our relatives other living creatures. Well, David, uh, uh, in our chat here, Alistair said, hey, brother, I just registered. So, uh, you know. Hey, thank you so much. uh, Absolutely. Uh, Let me let me tell you, David, it's always my honor to speak to you. Um, uh, I I, I intend to have you on a hell of a lot of times because, you know, we need to make sure that people know that they are already empowered as American citizens to be what they want to be 
and to have what they've earned. So thank you so kindly you know for having me. I'm going to conclude with this. Yes. But it doesn't just have to be during elections, right? Absolutely. It shouldn't be only. Politics to play. But there, it, this work needs to happen in between elections. My now. God, I'm glad you brought that up. Folks, they, we are supposed to be working continuously on, on, on guiding, speaking, learning, educating all of us all together. All right, brother. You Thanks have a great one. Thanks, Corey. Have a Bye great one. Bye-bye. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>